From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 236 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Today, let's explore the emotional ABCs and, well, how we can contend and deal and properly release those emotions, right? What what are behind those emotions? And what can we do to shift those emotions? What are the right questions to ask ourselves, which we will get into and I'm telling you, you have to write this down. This is something that you can do today to change the story within your mind and, well, change the emotion. Because if you change the meaning, you change the emotion. So then we will dive into, well, how are these emotions still dormant within us? Why am I periodically experiencing these memories from my past that are producing these negative emotions and like what's going on there and how can I properly address and release them now to start off this episode let's talk about the two hemispheres of the brain the left and the right hemisphere the left processes words and language and the left hemisphere can produce can produce images within the right hemisphere. So, you know, you're saying to yourself, I'm not going to smoke today. And then the right hemisphere imagines you smoking, right? You have the image of yourself smoking a cigarette. And then you go, well, and then you find out later, you wind out on your break smoking a cigarette and you go, oh my God, I told myself I didn't want to do this and I'm out here, right? It, so let's look at that. The... The brain doesn't understand negations like nots and don'ts. It understands context, right? So don't think of a big purple elephant. You're going to think of a big purple elephant. That's just the way it is, right? But here's the thing. What if you imagined what you wanted to do instead? Rather than smoking, maybe you imagined yourself on your break going through the local park and looking at the trees or, or looking confident, you imagine yourself um, going to the gym, or you imagine yourself doing something that is, well, empowering, or you imagine something from your past that made you feel empowered. You did something, you accomplished something that you didn't know you could do, and then you know you felt really good about yourself, and so you're reliving that instead of you know, what you don't want, right? Because we always, we're tilted, right? Don't you find that we're always leaning towards what we don't want, the negatives? And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's something that you can train yourself to do looking towards what you want and the images of what you want or, the, or using words to generate the images that we want. And so isn't it, isn't it the case that the images from our right hemisphere can produce the language of our left hemisphere? Like if you imagine the worst case scenario and then the left hemisphere goes, oh no, I'm doomed, I can't do it, I'm a failure, whatever it is, right? And that was the case for me too 
when I was suffering from health anxiety in the past, waking up in the morning was this giant mountain to climb because these words would come into my brain. Oh no, I can't do it. How am I going to get through the day? Oh God, these short utterances and those, it's like this loop, the, the, Imagining the worst case produces the words, and then the words produces the worst case images. And it's like, oh my God, what's happening? It's this cycle of dread and anxiety. Now, let's look into this thing, the, the emotional ABCs that Dr. Aldo Pucci talks about in his book, Feel the Way You Want to Feel No Matter What. I love this book. And he lays the emotional ABCs out beautifully. He says, you're aware of something, you have a belief about something, and then there's the consequences. So your, your awareness could be something like something happened to you that was blatantly obvious. You got into a fight with somebody or you got cut off or you got into an accident or, you know, you, you're paying attention to a certain pain in your side, something you, you, you know, you, you can pinpoint what the, where the emotion came from, right? The certain thing, the situation. And then it, we can, we can notice the consequence, right? We notice how we felt about it. We can, we can describe how we acted, but it's more so than not difficult to pinpoint the belief, right? So really, what do you believe about it, about the situation, right? And we can uproot the beliefs by asking ourselves the right questions. But before I get into that, I want to give you an example of how we can not be so aware of our beliefs, but we can, we can, how we can, an example of how we can locate and, and look at the situation and then the awareness of the situation and then the consequence. And so, you know, a family member becomes hostile towards you. Okay. And then you immediately, you feel threatened you feel like you're overly compassionate and you try and rectify the situation, even though you feel like you want to fight back or even though you feel like you're right or they're wrong, right? You don't, you don't have the assertiveness within you to deal uh, properly with that certain situation. And then you start, you feel weak, right? I, I got, I've gotten a lot of clients like that where they, 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 they want to please the other person they don't want to start something, and so they don't say anything, even though the other person makes fun of them or or they walk over you, right? And I feel like health anxiety sufferers or or people who haven't fully integrated that shadow side of themselves. It, well, I want to look specifically at health anxiety sufferers. Health anxiety sufferers are interesting people, and I was a health anxiety sufferer before because, you know, they rely on their loved ones for reassurance. They rely on them for that protective space, that bubble, because they become dependent on them so so that they remain protected from the harshness of reality and so they can't afford to lose them 
in some way. So, so the example I want to give today that I'm giving today is that you, they're walking over you. And so you, instead of fighting back or instead of not physically, but instead of arguing back or standing up for what you believe, you agree with them and you, you want to, you know, dampen down the situation because you're unconsciously afraid. The belief within you is that if you lose them, then you won't be well protected from the harshness of reality that you are dependent on them. And that's very, very common with health anxiety sufferers, right? They want to stay unconscious within the well-protected confines of their family, of, of their bubble, right? They don't want to face the dragon uh, looming right outside their door. So the way we can uproot a belief is by asking ourselves, I believe what about this particular situation? I believe what about this particular situation? The emotion is the consequence of what you believe. That is massive. So for me, when I was contending with panic attacks on a regular daily basis, I had much negative emotion towards approaching the unknown of the day. Upon waking up in the morning, there would be this dread, this anxiety of the unknown manifesting itself during the day. And so during my recovery, I then understood that confronting what I don't want to confront is what's curative, that strength and bravery is what's necessary to build on this new identity, but also to lessen my sensitivity over anxiety. This is what's so important for self-development. And, you know, when you're facing the uncertainty, the brain creates new associations. That's massive. But I started to shift my beliefs because I started to understand like, okay, this is what's necessary for growth. Okay, how can I shift my beliefs? Well, then I, I said, well, I must void the unknown. That, that was my previous belief. That's why I'm so fearful of the day. That's why I'm so fearful of these panic attacks. I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid of the unknown and I must avoid it. I must avoid it. And I'm certainly acting that way because I'm spending time at home or I'm doing things to avoid the things that I really must attend to. And so I'm acting like a timid prey animal how can I shift the story in my mind so that I'm no longer a prey animal? Well, let's shift it to, I hope I get a panic attack today because that'll be a great opportunity to prove my older self wrong. That'll be a great opportunity to face the dragon. And so that's interesting because as soon as I shifted that story, my emotions shifted. I am no longer running away from the battle, but I'm running towards the battle and that activates different circuitry. That is huge. 
And that circuitry is exploratory circuitry, which activates new proteins within the brain. Like it, it, it encodes for new proteins, which is huge. And so you're, you're, you're activating learning circuits. You're activating circuits that, 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 well, you, these circuits build upon each other, the building circuits rather than retreating circuits. You don't want to promote those retreating circuits because those retreating circuits will only grow massively in size, right? And and we're more tilted towards negative emotion because we can be 100% dead, but we can only be so much happy, right? It's better to be tilted more towards, well, I got to be looking out for my safety because I don't want to be a hundred percent dead. Right. And so that makes sense. And so, you know, asking yourself, I believe what about this situation is a great way to uproot those beliefs and also shifting the story. Because once I changed the meaning of my panic as opportunities, I changed my emotional reactions towards them, right? And yes, at first the emotion would be strong when I, when it would come up, but then I would bring about that same new story in my mind. Oh, it's an opportunity. Yes, let's do this. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. And so that is massive. And so then the fear no longer had an upper hand at that point. And so perhaps perhaps the story you are telling yourself is creating an emotion you do not want. And then the question is, how can you shift the story? So then ask yourself, how can this situation be a benefit to me now and in the future? That's huge. How can this situation be of benefit to me now and in the future. And I've read and I've coached people who've gone through the most horrific traumas and overcome them, and they use that as fuel to benefit other people who are going through similar traumas. And then their mindset is of someone who is developing and growing rather than someone who is a victim and stuck in prey mode. And what's so interesting is that they see themselves as strong, independent individuals now who are capable and who have it within them to overcome extraordinary obstacles and thrive. And that's, that's unbelievable. And so before we dive more into how one can reframe the story of of a serious trauma and these past strong emotional memories, it's really important to look towards your actions because your actions really do determine your beliefs. I, I really admire the existentialists because they say that look towards someone's actions and then infer the motives because actions speak louder than words. So uprooting these underlying beliefs and 
I, the best way to move forward with this notion of uprooting these beliefs is to lay out an example of my past dealing with social anxiety specifically. And so I looked towards my actions of like, why am I so social? What am I doing in a particular situation that's, that's making me feel weak and insecure? And what's, what's my outlook on this awkwardness, right? Okay, well, I'm stuttering. I'm not making eye contact and I'm fidgety and I'm hunched over. Okay, so th that's good. Okay. Um, and then I asked myself, well, what do I believe about this situation? Well, I believe I'm awkward, right? I believe I'm awkward uh, and I'm timid and I'm afraid and I, I'm certainly acting like it. I'm hunched over for crying out loud. I look like a, a prey animal. And so then I asked myself, how can I not be so timid and afraid, right? That's blatantly obvious. I, I am timid. I'm afraid. Okay, how can I not be? Well, practicing the micro routines that I shined a light on is absolutely crucial. So practicing having proper posture, looking towards other people who are social butterflies, who have a down pat, who look confident, look and mirror those people. Look what they do. And yes, it's a pain in the ass because you have to, you have to, shift your perceptions onto the things, onto these little micro routines. And, and then I remember saying to myself, oh my God, I got to learn how to breathe properly. Oh my God, I got to learn how to, you know, I got to make it a practice to stand up straight. And then, you know, I have to write out a script of what I would say to the Starbucks barista yeah, you have to do that. You have to look towards these little things. You have to plan out these things. Absolutely. You have to you have to obsess over the script that you have the small talk that you have to say when approaching the Starbucks barista. You have to do that in the mirror. You have to do that through imaginary exercises which is so crucial. Imagining how I want the situation to go, what I'm going to say, what I look like, what my posture looks like. Am I smiling? What do I look like afterwards? Am I walking out of the coffee shop with confidence? That is so important because the mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. So imagine the way you want it to go. And then you're really going to feel the emotion. You're going to feel pretty good after that exercise. But then also you have to go and do it. You have to confront exposure therapy. You have to show up. And I'll give you my example with going to Starbucks because it's important to analyze those past experiences that made you feel the emotions you are currently contending with that you don't like. So when I was addressing my past social anxiety, I had to look towards some of those moments that made me feel embarrassed and that I am still ruminating over that are those experiences that are still causing me negative emotion. 
So my mind treated them as predatory entities that must be avoided. Brad cannot wind up here again in the future. So after an awkward encounter at Starbucks, my mind would go, well, I cannot come back here tomorrow. I must go to a different location. The mind is avoiding a predatory threat. Makes sense. And then, periodically, throughout the day, randomly, my mind would play out the encounter over and over and over again. And then the emotions would, well, be quite present when you relive a past memory. And so, like I said before, because the mind doesn't know the difference between, between what's real and what's imagined. And as far as the mind is concerned, the images in the mind are real. And why wouldn't it be, right? Like a part of you is still stuck in the past. A part of you is still stuck in that moment in time when you encountered novelty. And I was still holding on to this memory slash emotion because I encountered novelty and because I wasn't prepared and I haven't mastered that novelty. And so I reacted to it with anxiety. And that makes sense because anxiety occurs when we are in a situation we do not understand and require to be alert so that we can navigate through it and respond appropriately. You know, you fight, you fight. Well, I said that twice. You fight, uh, flee, and freeze, right? That's the response. But here's the thing. This is what's so important. The more you explore it, the more you master it. But even though it already occurred, you still need to explore it because you have to know what happened back there and what you need to do moving forward in order to not fall into the same situation again in the future. And that makes sense. And so if a past memory is still lingering within you, you have to explore it and you have to write down in detail what happened. So this is what you have to do. This is your homework, everybody. You have to write it down in detail what happened in that moment and this will bring up the emotions, but you have to confront the emotions in order to release them. That's a given. And so write down those emotions as well. How'd you feel? How'd you feel? And then the next question is, I believe what about this situation? Well, I felt afraid, insecure, um, and I felt like I'll never, I'll never get through it or I'll always be a failure, whatever comes up. And then here's the next question. What could I do differently next time? This is huge because you, you can do something about it. You just have to figure that out. And I, I say write it down because writing, writing, Writing things down is thinking. 
and you'll sort it out when you write it down. And lastly, how can this experience be viewed in a positive light? And I'll repeat all these questions. So first of all, write down in detail what happened and this will bring up the emotions and then write down the emotions. Then ask, I believe, what about this situation? Then what could I do differently next time? And then how can this experience be viewed in a positive light? And lastly, I want to mention that you can do this on your own, obviously, but I do this in my one-on-one coaching as well. So in my coaching, I will talk to my clients about the situations that are still plaguing them and guide them through these exercises. I also do imaginary exercises with them. So reframing exercises around past traumatic moments. And I notice working with the people that I work with just talking to me about it privately and sharing experiences and building on this trustworthy rapport with me does so much for them because they need someone to talk to. You need someone to talk to. I need someone and I have people to talk to. We need those people. We need to And that's the thing about psychotherapy is honest dialogue with someone is what's curative as well as exploring what you don't want to explore. The parts of your psyche that aren't integrated and working with a coach, having weekly goals to live up to. And, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, Brad, I need people to hold me accountable. And I go, yeah, I get that. I had to go through the same thing too. And so it, having someone to talk to as well as implementing the strategies is what's necessary for self-development. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast. Thank you everybody for listening, leaving your ratings and reviews on Spotify. Please, if you haven't already, that's all I ask. It'll help just grow the podcast because so many people need to listen to this and please share it as well. And Remember to re-listen and to write down these questions and do them today. Rise above anxiety. I will see you next time. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.